Okay, so welcome to the Your Ideas Suck podcast, brought to you by Flexibility. As usual, today we are joined by Eric Hansen, veteran designer, mountain biker, and Potter Fuller Sage. Also, uh, Nacho, product leader, entrepreneur, and office dad. Uh, as usual, the podcast is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bell. And like you, I'm here to learn more about product design and management from the people who know it best. All right, gentlemen, let's jump in. Nacho, do you want to start us off with some news? Yeah, want want is a strong word, I think, <laughs> because sometimes the news is interesting, but you don't necessarily want to talk about it. I think in this case, we fall squarely into that category. Um, the article that you should be opening up on your screens now is Elon Musk um, basically recommitting to purchase Twitter, um, which is is phenomenal in a couple of ways. I think I think for one, Elon's really proven. He's he's the master of the pump and dump. Um, okay. He will he will. <laughs> what's that? So did he go back because like he was getting his his little hand smacked for being a dipshit? Like it was. So that's what the lawyers say. So the lawyers say it's it's just a typical case of buyer's remorse. Mm. But there's two interesting points I think are worth worth mentioning. One is that point right that that the, like it's just like buyer's remorse and he's back in at the original price. The second is the court action is still moving forward that has not been suspended hmm. so i don't know if it's like the sort of damocles just to make sure like he doesn't fuck up and like back up again or like or what's going on there but i thought that was pretty interesting and and like the the interesting part is that like i mean he's done this to himself which i guess maybe he wanted to but like all of this tumult all of this bullshit is his fault you know it is 100 percent his fault and i'm also still kind of curious on like what the fuck he's going to do with Twitter? Yeah. Like what what's so great about Twitter that you'll actually do something meaningful? Yeah. He's going like, to is... get rid of the bots. Right? <laughs> We're going to get rid of the bots. Like, yeah, because it, that's what's ruining Twitter. It's the bots <laughs> that are ruining Twitter. Well, like, I think it's the humans that are ruining Twitter. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, especially design Twitter. If we got um, rid of all the humans, then there would be no problems. So, but like if, and this is like just off the cuff, but like if you really wanted to stick it to Twitter or whatever, like whatever his motivation is, free speech, I guess, I don't know. Why wouldn't you take that? I mean, I, well, I can answer this too. Anyway, we'll just play the, we'll just play the, um, the little, uh, like mental exercise here. Um, why not take his influence and his money and put that to like, whatever that truth social network bullshit is like trump's little social network <laughs> like I, it's just a thought experiment like why even fuck with twitter like why not just like okay cool i'm just gonna go do this other thing well from a vc standpoint purchasing twitter makes way more sense right because you're buying the network um like i'm reminded i actually worked in um in an mlm software space for a while and had to work with mlm executives and and Anyway, that's a whole different set of stories we can get into. But the one I'm getting at is is like if you started a new MLM, right? Mm-hmm. Eric's great magic juice. And what would likely happen is is that the people that would join your organization were already successful in another organization. Like they just sort of slide over, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like the same people. They're just going to shift products. And so like the Twitter, he gets the network. Yeah. Like, like I kind of said, I know why he's not doing it, but it's just like a thought <laughs> experiment of like why like – I just I don't understand what he thinks he's going to do with Twitter and like within that article and with other articles we've seen within the whole Elon buying Twitter shit 
and maybe it's the right thing, but like people were people were like jumping ship with the idea that he's going to be the captain, right? Like, so you, you've got a, a brain drain there going on. So yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. he's as smart as I, people think he is. I feel for the employees that are going to be caught up in whatever this, you know, leadership shakeup brings. I did send you guys a link. Uh, you know, Elon's talked about this this company X or the the X app for a long time. That's supposed to be like the everything app is what he calls it. And he's he's on Twitter saying that acquiring Twitter will accelerate those plans uh, three to five years faster. So I don't know what I don't know what company X is other than. Yeah, just like the Cybertruck, yeah. right? And, just, just that's right on schedule. Yeah. And, and the the the, yeah. the the article here, this fucking dipshit is in his little Occupy Mars T-shirt, which has a whole <laughs> other thing for me, where it's like, <laughs> cool man, let's spend billions of dollars getting to a place that's already fucking inhabitable, instead of like putting that money to continuing to make you know the place that's already pretty habitable. Okay, it's been working. It's been working pretty well for you know a few million years. Like, why not keep it going? Speaking of buying the network. For what it's worth, X.com returns at 404 right now. So <laughs> <laughs> no Cybertruck image or anything like that. Unfortunately. No, no AI robot or whatever no, the hell that thing was. I didn't even pay attention to that. Uh, I hate no, this guy so not much. Not the robot. Oh, oh speaking the robot. of the robot, that is the news article I posted for you, Eric. Have a click. Have a click. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Okay. Did, can, we com- can we compare it to the Boston Dynamics robot, though? Because that is actually terrifying. All of those are terrifying, but they're amazing. Any good (laughs) robot is going to be terrifying. I'm just going to like throw that out there. Like any robot that seems effective is going to scare the living shit out of you. Wait a minute. Didn't, didn't Elon once, I don't have time to Google this while we're talking. Didn't Elon like once like just like completely shit on AI that was like the death of humans? Didn't he? He still believes it. He still believes. Okay. So like one of the principles in his robot is that it has to be able to be as he puts it, overcome in a fist fight by another human. So they can never really take over. Uh, he'll, it, never, so, he'll never sell to the military contractors with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys see the video? Did you see the video? Yes, did you yes, actually I like did. watch? I didn't see the video. Let me oh. okay. give it a click. Give it a click. Give us give us like a real-time assessment of mm-hmm. like this is this is this is this is interesting. I would I would trust Boston Dynamics so much more than Elon and everything. Yeah, the the moment when like the robot like emerges and it's just like your drunk uncle trying to make its way to the living room, like it's phenomenal. Why why am I watching a video of like a Jack in the Box robot? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, it doesn't like it looks like the class project that like nobody really wanted to finish. No, I'm I'm literally watching something like scan QR codes and pull fries out of oil. Like, oh, that's something else. That's something else. You didn't. Oh you no, didn't get there. automation's coming. That's a different <laughs> way. To, that's a different way oh, to steal okay. jobs. No, hold on here. Was that a commercial? Oh, probably, could have been. Probably. Probably. I heard that McDonald's, by the way, a side tom- topic, rolled back their robots because they weren't. Um, they weren't. They were too expensive compared to humans. Still, I believe it. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Efficiency of scale is not there yet. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I'm watching the robot water some plants. Here we go. Oh, don't drop the pitcher. God damn it. No, I, I'm I'm watching the, <laughs> the the Musk review of the robot. So, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> 
Okay, about, so what about, what about the, the Honda? I mean, I guess the Honda, what is the it? Osimo. Yeah, right. Was it, Remember was that? It? Amiibo? Osimo? Amiibo? Osimo. Yeah, it's Osimo. Amiibo yeah. is the, is the that's Nintendo the, thing. That's the Nintendo <laughs> thing. No, but Osimo, Osimo at least looks more stable than Elon's bot. Let's be yeah. fair. No, it, it does. And, for sure. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like that, that looks, this looks like it, it was, you know, a five-year precursor to, to, to Honda's execution that's, what, 10, 12 years old? Yeah. And then we've got Boston Dynamics. Yeah. Which isn't Boston Dynamics own or like they're it's like a part ownership thing with like Hyundai or something. Or like Hyundai invests in them or there's some sort of relationship there. So yeah. I don't know. It seems like one of those industries where it's like it's really hard to start at square one with robotics. Like honestly, probably would have been a better strategy to like acquire or partner or whatever. Yeah, like you would think if Musk was really um being a savvy businessman, he would just contract with Boston Dynamics to build his motherfucking bot, right? Like, I mean, you can buy a robot company or you can buy Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the better? What's the better choice? Uh, <laughs> uh, 54.20 a share. So it, hell yeah. It's interesting because like the the news coverage of the the Tesla autopilot stuff is not great right now. Um Mm-mm. Like there's, I don't know. No Cybertruck. No Cybertruck. No, no tunnels under LA. Yeah. Well, no, there's like a one mile tunnel, right? Yeah, no functional tunnels under right. LA. Yeah. And the tunnel, like, I just, uh, <clears throat> you know, you just get, obviously he made some smart moves and made enough money that he can now just be a complete dipshit and people still think he's amazing. He can still make money being a dipshit. It's just unfortunate. Maybe we just need to figure out the secret to make money while being a dipshit. Well, yeah, yeah, well, again, obviously he made some smart choices early on, right? In the early yeah. web and, and and with what he was doing, he made some sure. he made some good moves. And there there was a time, believe it or not, that I I thought he was okay and I liked some of yeah. what he said. Like, yeah, but that has changed. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our topic of the day. <laughs> so there's a term. It's not Elon. I know you've all the topic of the day. No. That was the next topic. Of thank that. goodness. So there's a term that's circling around. I'm sure you've all heard it, heard it uh, around LinkedIn and other circles, and that is quiet quitting. So let's talk about this term, quiet quitting. Is it real? Is it ridiculous? And what do you both think? I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> Little ASMR segment. Mm. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. Um. <laughs> So I don't know, like, I, I think there's like, what did I read it? I read something about like, it's just, <clears throat> it's some capitalist propaganda to make people feel bad for only working the amount of time that like they should work and only doing the things that they were basically hired to do. Mm. So like, so like, is that a hundred percent of it or is that like a segment of, no, you know I, what I mean? Yeah. You know, like within the whatever percent, right? Like the 5% or the 80, 20 or whatever, like there, I, I, we've, we've worked with people. We've seen people that just like show up, don't do anything, go home. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's been around forever. Yeah. I could give you names. You could give me names. Yeah. They, they probably be the same names. <laughs> <laughs> but, Ryan uh, Bell. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that mofo. um but then i think there is like this idea that you know you were hired to do a specific thing and then okay so you're hired to do a specific thing and you do that 
Um, and then, you know, you gradually maybe get asked to do more and more, which is fine because maybe you want to like move up or get promoted. But then like that, that gets abused to this point where it's like, Hey, we need you to, you came in as an individual, this is an example, this didn't happen to me. You come in as an individual contributor, you've done a great job. Um, we want to have you manage a couple people, but we can't really promote you yet because you have to be performing at that level for a year before you can really be considered promoted. So it's like... That's bullshit. Like, what is that? Like, if quiet quitting is doing what you're supposed to do, I don't, what is that? Like, I don't know. I don't have a name for it. I can't come up with something fast enough that's catchy. <laughs> but I think it's a response to that, right? Like, we've just been some, and my, I've got a, a good friend that's a fire chief that's been, we've had this conversation a number of times where the people that come in and do the extra work um, end up getting penalized by being asked to do more work because that extra work they did was good or, or it met it, you had a result. Yeah. And then the people Positive that are just result. kind of doing their thing just get to like do their thing. So I don't know. No, that's interesting. I think when we think about quiet quitting, there's a few, like you were talking about, it's definitely a, a multi-sided issue. This isn't a one thing, mm-hmm. right? There's a, there's, there's probably people that are being assholes. Like let's just all agree. There's definitely people that aren't really doing their job that, that, should be right, right that are that are that are that are ghosting on you 100 percent. those people exist correct um i think the other thing is then we think about expectation right? this is kind of you were talking about with like doing extra work or not doing extra work in a startup and this is where i think people mm. forget by the way number one most more than likely your company's not a startup if your company's been around for 10 years and you've got 200 employees, you don't small. motherfucking have a startup. Like, stop calling yeah. it a startup. <laughs> yeah. But, like, one of the key aspects of a startup is you have a small team, right? Yeah. And that small team is heavily invested. Literally, they have shares in the organization. And right. so, moving above and beyond gives you above and beyond reward. There's not a, it's not a, I give up my free time to prove my worth to possibly get a promotion. Right. It's, I see the finish line and I will, I will go the extra mile to get us there faster. But you're also probably, uh, you're you're probably working as a missionary in that startup and not a mercenary being just like, you've probably got some pride in in what you're trying to do in the mission of the company. And the the work that you're doing uh, might have an outsized impact on either your customers or the business or both or you. Like, so that gets into... Um, like, uh, I guess motivation or, or, or incentivizing or, or something where like, there's like, you're, you're doing that because, uh, it's got meaning and it's important to you as opposed to, you know, maybe a corporate death job where that doesn't exist. Yeah. That year conversation, I've heard at a few organizations where it's like, you need to show us that you're working as this higher level while, by the way, holding down your existing job. Mm-hmm. Like that just reeks of bullshit. Like you want to talk about less is more. That's like operationalizing less is more. Right. right. Like, <clears throat> um, and I can understand why people are bucking that. Well, you want me to like do what again? Well, you're not giving me any extra incentive. I put in my 10 hours today. Adios. It's this really interesting, like, I don't know if conflict is the right word in my mind, um, about just, like, work in general and what we're, like, expected to do or what we're hired for versus, like, why we're doing it. Like, I don't, I've, I've, after the, the, the Wayfair 
layoff, I started thinking a lot about just like work in general and um, like why we do it, what we would do if, if we didn't, if we didn't have to work. Um, so I don't, I don't know, like all of this is, uh, all of this is intertwined in a way that like, uh, you know, as you said, we can all agree that there are people that are taking advantage of, of the company <clears throat> and, and not, you know, doing what they were paid to come in and do. Yeah. And you've agreed to that. You've agreed to that, like, value exchange. Um, but then there, there are people that, like, where, like, how do we, how do we navigate that value exchange in a way that, like, how much power do we give companies, I guess? Like, why have we made work such a centralized part of our culture and handed over so much of our time, effort, and energy to companies? Yeah, that's the right question. I think in, in many ways, you know, we think about, um, you know, when 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 steam power was all the rage, and and the the big brains at the time were like, in the future we're going to work five hours a week because machines will be doing all the manual tasks that have that have plagued humanity, mm-hmm. and in fact, the opposite happens. Yeah, right. That the more technology comes out, the faster we work and the more we put in. I mean, they were doing, in the fifties. They were saying the same stuff, right? Like technology. Right. Every yeah, <laughs> technology will enable us to work less and less, and have our leisure time, and blah blah blah. And like the, the all it is is about more productivity, more produced, more, more, more. Yeah, I think that's generally what we're seeing too with like the recent market downturn. Right? Is like everybody is focused on year over year growth and continuing that trend, no matter what it takes. And you know, in an environment where it gets hard to do that, it's like you know. I think this is a net, you know, like what you guys were getting at. This is some form of finger pointing in a way of like, oh, well, you know, people just aren't, you know, putting their hearts into their work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the like, labor's what, fault. What, what reason, what reason have we given people to put their hearts into their, into their work? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, in, in, in prior times it was like, oh, you know, you get a pension or, you know, you stay at a company for 35 years because, right. you know, you get all these different things as, as a long time watch. that doesn't really <laughs> exist anymore. Right. Even in the careers that we have, which That's are, right. you know, very, uh, what I'll call lush compared to some other employment. <laughs> yeah. I, I read this weird thing <laughs> the, the other day where it was like, um, somebody was talking about, uh, tech salaries and how insane they were. And and someone's reply to that was like, tech salaries are probably the only ones where they should be and everyone else is insane for being so low. Yeah. I don't or know close, if that's true, yeah. but it was an interesting perspective, right? No, I think that's the right perspective. You know, I'm I'm also curious. This is a take. I don't know if it's a hot take. But like, I wonder if quiet quitting, because we hear about it recently, like mm-hmm. since the pandemic. Like, But I feel like this feeling of like, I'm going to put in my eight and walk away has been around for a while. Like okay. it's kind of a generational mm-hmm. thing. And so I'm curious if this is becoming a issue, because since we switched the pandemic, people are monitoring your keyboard strokes, yeah. your time on Slack, your responses to emails. Like I wonder if well, analytics have gotten better. And they're just like, maybe you produce good outcomes, but you don't have to put in the same yeah that, churn to get there, right? And you're quiet quitting because you're doing your job, but you're just not. You know, on well, and, and they've also had articles about how, like, you know, the 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 ones that will be kind of or the ones that are having the most trouble with the the remote work and kind of the the shifts that the pandemic caused are, are are managers who are, you know, 
their their job in life is to well bad managers their job in life is to thank to, you to to whip the <laughs> you know whip the productivity up and 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 you know do all that crap so yeah i guess that's the thing to me is like my approach as a manager has always been you know understand what our objectives and key results are and make sure that our team is you know achieving those or you know at least getting cuz you know you're not supposed to set okrs that are 100% achievable so you know, getting far enough along that 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 it's reasonable progress. Um, outside of that, it's like you know whether you. I mean, as long as you're you know a part of urgent conversations and things that are key. <laughs> if you want to work whenever, I don't really care. <laughs> so like time, time and share isn't a metric that matters, right? No, like, no. Yeah, yeah, but I wonder if that's what's driving quiet quitting is time and share. Well, so like here's. I mean, I have a personal example that'll, whatever, hopefully no one listens to this when I need my next job or maybe they will and I'll get, um, you know, I'll stay good. So <laughs> at Wayfair, right? Like when I first got there, was super engaged. Um, I thought the the mission was interesting the way that it was presented to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a soft spot for small businesses. Uh, the way that some of that was pitched was we were going to be able to self-service these things so small businesses could come in on the supplier platform and compete with the large the large people and, and like that had, I, I was personally connected to that. <clears throat> you know, and, and a lot of what I was personally connected to never manifested. And then a number of things happened to a point where, um, I definitely got to a position where I was like, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to do the base of what I have to do to get done what I have to get done at the level that I'm paid. And that's it, man. After that, stepping away from the keyboard and going away. <clears throat> and that wasn't true when I started, but the environment and um, the leadership and things that happened through that course just burned me out to a point that it was like, I'm not, this isn't special to me, I'm out. So what, What? so that's a really interesting story because I think like in my mind, the first question that I would ask is what would bring you back? So what I, would bring you back to that engagement that you started with? Right. So I, I've I've done a lot of self reflection on that because I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not proud of how that went down. Like I, I've I'm I'm upset that I handled that in a way that that was the result. So right. I, I've tried to to think about like if if I ran into that situation again, like how would I how would I like go against that to try to fix it? <clears throat> um, and I think it's the quiet part, right? Like I think I, I I spoke up a couple times, made people cry, which I don't understand how an L5 gets feedback and cries um, and that gets their feelings hurt. But like, so I started to try to bring it up and it like got shut down from this emotional perspective every time. Um, and I think like at that point, I just, I stopped as opposed to like utilized any other resources I had within the company. Um, and there, there were a ton, right? Like I could have... I could have shifted that that aim somewhere else uh, and could have worked towards trying to move different parts of the organization. In that regard, I, I was privileged enough that the organization is large. I, I didn't take these steps, but if I were in the same position again, I would definitely um, do different things to try to position myself uh, to not have to like retract. To, sure, sure. Like yeah. that's important, but like what what does it take to get you reengaged? Is it is it the right leadership? Is it is it a salary? Is it equity? Like, well, what would it have taken you to so, feel like? Yeah, uh, I mean, 
I'm going to take salary and equity off the table because like that's okay. you know great. We're gonna we're gonna assume that 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 is being met at a level that I needed it to be met. Okay. And adding to that wouldn't make the forty plus hours a week any better. Okay. Um. So it it really kind of boils into being engaged with the mission and the work and the people that I work with. So, um, in my case, uh, it would have taken a leadership change. Um, it probably would have taken, I don't know if that leadership change would have impacted the work enough to, to make a difference. Um, but the work needed to change. I think like in that time that I was at Wayfair, I also learned that like the small business, like that, that lean into that wasn't real. That's true. So at that point there may be just been like a, a misalignment with the company, what I was trying to do. Um, but yeah, like, it, it, you know, we throw around the words like autonomy and empowered and, and, and those things. And it would have been things like that, right? Like uh, having, having a, a clear mission that, we can be, that people can buy into and understand and want to achieve uh, without someone standing over them telling them to do it. Uh, the ability to do that work without, um, you know, someone dictating exactly how it had to be done. Like all of those things that we kind of talk about and, and read about out there ryan does that yeah. vibe with you or would you would you add or take away from that answer i mean the one thing that i would add is you know there's always there's always the macro level forces right i mean i've worked in organizations where you know there's been a very large structural change and it really just changes everything that your organization is focused on everything that is a priority or you know sometimes can just grind you to a halt if like the operational impact is big enough and um you know, to me, like that's, that's what's really put me in those hard situations where it's like, I don't feel engaged with my work. I don't feel like I'm, I want to give it 110% is really when it's like all the macro level forces in this organization are almost pushing me in that direction, either like from a change in the company's mission and, and goals or from just like operational barri barriers, really. Um, and then in those sort of situations, it's like you feel so hopeless because it's like, how are you going to, as an as an IC or a manager, low level manager or something going to impact like a macro level change. It's it, like, like you said, Nacho, yeah. it's much easier in a startup, you know, when you, you, you're with 15 other people or something and you can just go and, you know, bring the whole company together and tell them. But when you're just like one product team, you know, in a giant sea of product teams, it's, uh, it's challenging. Yeah. And being, being in middle management in those large, like you just, you, you can't do anything. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is a useless position. Middle management. Yeah. Really like so, all that you can do is, is, you know, make sure that, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I always approach it from the employee first standpoint where it's like, right. I want to understand what you want to do in your career, the skills that you want to cultivate and the goals that you want to achieve personally and then give you the opportunities to do that work in the best way I can, you know, and some, but sometimes that, that's the not, interesting part is it's the best way you can. And is that yeah. a middle management, <laughs> what you can do for that employee is not capped, always great. Right. Yeah. Like you can, and, and it's the same way I approach it. You, you know, the, the, um, the, the people that, that, that work for me, I, I saw this thing today. It's like, they're not there to, to serve you. You're there in service of them, right? Like you're trying yes. to, which I wholeheartedly believe in. But there were, there were a number of times where I needed to try to affect something that I was capped against my manager. I couldn't do anything. I was capped against the company and the manager. And it's yes. like, so what I'm basically here for 
is so you, the person that actually can affect this, doesn't have 20 reviews you have to write twice a year, but you can distribute that across, um, you know, the people that work for you. All right. So I'm going to have a hot take here on middle management, which is that middle managers can be very effective. But I think what you're describing is an epidemic, which is where middle managers are really weaponized Mm. in order to almost enforce some of these bad practices and to keep them there. But I think they can be the opposite depending on their support structure as well. Yeah. But they can really be empowering and a bridge to helping make that happen. It's just so rare we don't see it. So that's that hot take. Um, I think the other thing that I want to throw out here, and maybe this is this is the right way to kind of help wrap up this topic, mm-hmm. but like um, um, when when I read, uh, I read this fantastic book, I think you guys heard of it, Creativity Inc., right? Ed Catmull talks about how they ran Pixar. And one of the things he would talk about frequently is he's like, if people in my organization aren't complaining, there's something wrong, right? Like <laughs> if they're qu- too quiet to tell me that something is wrong, something is fucking wrong, right? And I'm wondering if quiet quitting isn't exactly that. If, if we suspect there's quiet quitting, maybe the right instinct isn't to say, what is wrong with those motherfuckers? Yeah. But instead to say, what is wrong with us? No, I what think is wrong with leadership and management that is causing people to quietly leave instead of giving us meaningful feedback on how yeah. we can do things better? I think that's spot on, right? I don't know, Nacho. That's a pretty high level of uh, introspection that you're expecting out of... Uh... <laughs> this is why you invite the product guy. This is why you invite that's the right. Guy. Yeah, you have to look within. <laughs> you must know, know thyself um, right. <laughs> great well on that uh, note uh, maybe we should move on to what made us smile this week yeah and, and I know I'm, I'm stealing I'm stealing the no you're good here from, from you Ryan but like uh, who, who so wants excited. to go first who wants to go who wants to go who made, what made you smile uh, I'm not going first okay so Nacho <laughs> Nacho's, he was so excited to, to get going on this so Nacho you I can know. go first I know I can I will I will in fact go first if I, if I need to <laughs> so look at this screen here this is this is this is life changing for me mm-hmm. so this is an iPhone case it's called the backbone mm-hmm. I apologize for those of you who don't see the gloriousness of what this is right now but it's a little like uh, controller that fits over your phone so that you can use it like a PS Vita or like a Switch or like a whatever it is. But here's the brilliance. You can connect. So like PS5 has remote play. Xbox does too. Mm -hmm. I can play my PS5 on my phone anywhere in the world. This is mm-hmm. mind-blowingly amazing. So it's it's interesting that like you're, you you kind of folded that into cloud gaming, and then obviously this might have been a news topic. Obviously, what <laughs> happened to Stadia this week? And then yes, sir. Shutting. Oh, what happened to Stadia? I don't know if I heard what happened. Stadia, to Stadia was this shut week. down, they're or out. they're they're going <gasps> to be shut down. And but I mean, I will give them props for doing the noble thing and refunding everybody. That is yeah. a that is a step above. Although it's another Google product in the in the grave, <laughs> along yeah, okay. with uh, all the other ones. <laughs> They were they were talking about how um, like just be, because no one tr- like no one trusts Google with their product launches anymore like no like not enough people would go into it so then they shut it down which just kind of like keeps the flywheel going above that so anyway oh my yeah, god I think but I'm glad that made you smile that's nice yeah it is interesting how much like Xbox has really come into that cloud gaming space and like sort of upset the apple cart a little bit because there was you know a couple of these scrappier i mean i'll call them scrappier but you know stadia and other companies that were were getting into there that hadn't traditionally been in gaming and then you know an actual gaming company goes in and starts doing cloud gaming and it's like oh shit 
Yeah. <laughs> These people <laughs> have the catalog and everything. It, it's interesting because I I, um, I was saying the other day that I, you know, because you've got um, you've got the Switch, you've got um, what is the Steam one called? Steam Deck. Steam Deck. Steam Deck. And and what I said was like I want I want Microsoft to make something. Um, and I guess cloud gaming is the answer to that, right? Like you can you can just have you don't need another device. You can just strap your backbone in and go. That's right. Hell nice. yeah, dude. And it's it's really funny because I've done this before on like my laptop or my PC. Mm-hmm. It's faster on my iPhone. Is it? Wow. It is on, That's incredible. Uh, nice. On a on one of those M2 laptops is absolutely ridiculous. You didn't want to have to get the uh the the Windows phone out and try it on that? No, who who, who people have <laughs> Windows phones? What is this bullshit? What? I'm just joking. <laughs> There's no, there's no green textures here. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Which is a whole other topic, right? By the way, which is oh yes, we could we could blame Apple for that, not actually Google. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, it's 100 percent Apple play, 100 100 percent, and they won. Right. They right. won. If you can lose a Tinder date because your text is green, Apple's won. Yeah, That's right. But from from the little bit that I understand on that, it's a standard that Apple is not playing well with. That if they mm-hmm. would join the standard, then everyone would be on the same thing, and it wouldn't matter. It's just like USB C, which is also another news. Those topic. motherfuckers! <laughs> but, but they're going to be forced to now. What, the, I, the EU passed the legislation. Yeah. So. There's anything that I ever like love the EU for because I've hated them for a number of times, like having to do geo stuff designing wise <laughs> and having to work with all that crap. Um. Yeah, ha- ha- forcing forcing the the USB C connector is the one so, forcing USB C and GDPR. Yes. So this means that the next iPhone is not going to have any charger port, and it's only going to be wireless. Yeah. That's that's my take. Is that we're we're doing away with a? It was obsolete. It had its day, just like the headphone yeah. jack. I did. I. Why why does my iPad have USB C? Why does my laptop have USB C? <laughs> but my iPhone doesn't. I don't like. I just. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> That's not something that made me smile this week. <laughs> well, in that, let's let's segue then. Let's mm-hmm. talk, Eric. What what did make you smile this week? So I've been I've been wanting for a, a number of years to dip my toe in the in the three D printing realm, uh, and I finally did, and that made me smile. Like the idea that I can turn these little pixels on my flat screen into a physical object. Uh, is just such the expression of technology and magic to me that it just I get a little giddy. Even just printing a stupid little boat, like that, that, I don't know. It's amazing to me. Does it work well in California? There are just too many tremors <clears throat> to keep the platform flat. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's all that I'm fracking. just saying. I'm just saying. It does happen. It keep, does keep happen. Keep feeding that stereotype, Massachusetts. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's fine. It's fine. I, I, it, it is something you notice in Massachusetts. Though. The lights don't shake nearly as often. There's not nearly as many earthquakes. Well, you can't notice it because it gets dark at three. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're too busy asleep by four to notice anything. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. No, I, I, I think you're right. I think 3D printing is still is still young and still going to become much bigger than it is today. I was actually sitting here speaking of Mr. Massachusetts. So the summer mm-hmm. hit harder than I expected, and I wanted to turn on like the standing air conditioner that had sat in storage, but the little coupler that sits on the back was broken. Mm-hmm. I go to the manufacturer to buy a new motherfucking coupler, I, and they've canceled it three times because they're out of stock. 
It didn't matter how much I could pay. I couldn't get this thing. Like, can I just print just one? Just print it, yeah. Just, can I just goddamn print it? Yeah. Jesus. So, like, that's the amazing part. I will say that it is it is cumbersome to do, like, getting from, you know, getting the uh, the STL, getting that into the slicer, getting that out and on into the printer and having that do its thing. Like, it's not what anyone would call user-friendly. Um, it's a process, but and that'll get better. Uh, but it's dope to be able to like, oh, I need to make this thing. And then, you know, a couple hours later, you're holding it in your hand. That is pretty dope. That is pretty dope. Incredible. My question has always been, when are you going to be able to 3D print a 3D printer? They're already doing it. That's how a lot of 3D printers are made. A lot of 3D printers are 3D printed. (laughs) This is a thing. This is a thing. thing? Oh, yeah. It's 100% a thing. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't download a house. You wouldn't download a printer. <laughs> but you would. But you would, and it would be magnificent. I'm I'm going through my photos right now because I want to show you this. This is a uh, this is a 3D print. I don't hope it. I hope the photo will come across kind of decently. Mm-hmm. Hummingbird. Yeah. Yeah, but look how smooth that is. Yeah. Cool. So that was. I, I don't I didn't get like the nicest one out there, right? Like I think the it was like four hundred dollars. It's got an auto leveling um platform, like it's got enough that and, and it's nice. I think it'll do two hundred mil by two hundred mil uh cool. and then go up to four hundred in height. So not a big one, not a fancy one. But I was really impressed with even on like its standard print, um, that it was it was relatively smooth compared to like things that I had seen three years ago. That's really cool. Well, it's not it's not useful, but it is uh, interesting. I, I posted a link of uh, something that I've seen three D printed before, which is a octopus, and it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson's head <laughs> oh. with octopus so, legs. Here's oh man. So my my daughter and I my daughter and I were at uh, at lunch the other day, and I was going through uh, Facebook Marketplace, and there was uh, a pickleless cage, three um, D printed, <laughs> incredible. Pickle, pickle's cage refrigerator magnet. It was being sold for twelve dollars, and that seller had sold nine hundred and seventy-two of them. <laughs> nice, and they were all three D printed. That's a, that's a, that's not a bad little deal. That's insane. I, I don't remember. Was it like eleven, twelve thousand dollars of revenue from a three D printed pickle's cage? Like, come on. I mean, it's not get- even pickle Rick. <laughs> I take an extra, you know, twelve thousand here and there for that's right. Pick, pickleless cage prints. Pickleless it's time for a your idea suck three D print. Oh yeah, you can extrude the uh, the logo. There you go. Yeah. On that terrible idea, it sounds like a good time to wrap up. That's Probably. right. So that's it today for the Your Ideas Suck podcast presented by Flexibility. Thank you all for listening and uh, give us a follow uh, on whatever platforms you listen to podcasts on. And uh, thank you again for for checking us out. Uh, We'll be back soon with more content. So we'll see you then. 